Hey, Johnny, how's it going? Good, Wes. You don't have to start it out with the radio DJ voice. Hey, Johnny, how's it going? Yeah, I do. (laughs) It's better that way. Oh, did oh your mic cut out? Your audio count out count. Yeah. Of course, as soon as we go live, your audio goes bye-bye. Let's see what's going on. Oh well. Oh, he knows. He thinks he knows. Let's see. I got kicked out of the clean feed. What the hell? Oh, that was weird. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, but you're in now. I am. I'm in it. I'm in there like swimwear. There we go. And repair is on. Thank you, clean feed. Well, that's good. Okay. That's weird. Yeah, it's always weird, especially as we try to go live. That's <laughs> as soon as we go live, it's like, see ya. <laughs> yep. I think I think I have a me problem, but that's okay. I don't need to make it a we problem. Yeah. Okay. And all right. Oh. Hi, Johnny. Something's going. How's it going? I hear you. You can't hear me? Oh, I get I think it's my headphones. Okay. All good. All right, now we're good? Yeah. Welcome, everybody, to Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash. Balderdash. <laughs> uh, uh, usually, we start with the beer, and then the bourbon, and then the balderdash. It sounds like we're yeah, doing no a kidding. lot of balderdash at the beginning here. As we, I feel uh, like we should have started this episode with a fuck. Well, there you go. Just you just Trina. did. <laughs> just for Trina. <laughs> Doesn't mean another one's not coming. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Sorry, Dana Joe. Yeah, sorry. How, how you doing? I'm all right. Yeah. I'm all right. I I uh I promised to make dinner before this all went on or yeah. at least to get it started. Yeah. And uh I'm making a uh like a Thai coconut curry thing. Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> and as I was sauteing the onions, I went to dump some red pepper flakes in there, but it didn't have like the little grate on top to like slow things down. <laughs> so just dumped a whole bunch in there and they immediately started to sizzle. And now Helen's upstairs coughing. <laughs> so I feel really bad. Oh, you maced your wife? Well, that's I that's did. a good start it, to dinner. It, it, it smells like a like an Indian restaurant in here. It actually <laughs> smells pretty good. I love it. Yeah, I don't mind Indian food yeah. at all. That's for sure. How you doing, Wes? We're doing all right. It's been a crazy busy week. Uh, so yeah. this is one of the things that I get to look forward to every week is to sit and chat with you and have a little drinky poo, see how I'm trying to rhyme, and uh, talk mm. some nonsense. So I do. I dig it. Yeah. Uh, right off the bat, before we begin with any of the beer, I got some thank yous. Uh, I want to thank uh, Mike Dell, who's the Vice President of Customer Relations at Blueberry. Um, I switched hosting stations or hosting providers uh, because Blueberry offered more podcasting 2.0 um, services. And they were really helpful. We set up a Zoom call. He helped me migrate a bunch of stuff. Um, and he gave us uh, 1,198 Satoshis. Worth four cents. Yep. Uh, and we thank him for that. And Yes, uh, we do. Thank you very much. And now we, now we have chapters. So uh, I'll upload the podcast uh, to a podcasting 2.0 app, your favorite one. It'll be on the stupid legacy ones like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google. Amazon. Amazon. But if you go or if our listeners go to newnewpodcastapps.com, there is a whole host of podcasting 2.0 apps that they can use so that when they listen to beer bourbon balderdash or really any podcast that uh, does any of these podcasting 2.0 features they will see chapters so they can skip to a chapter if they just want to hear about the beer or the bourbon or our nonsense Um, or as they're listening the picture will change on whatever device they're looking at so it'll have if uh, yeah, if I'm asking how you're doing, it'll have your face. If we're talking about the beer, the beer will pop up um, as the picture, so that people can see also what we're doing. And uh, I think it's uh, I think it's just a cool feature that um, podcasting 2.0 has. And most podcasts is, that, is it called active listening? Yes, active listening. Mm-hmm. Active it's very listening. important in relationships to yeah to actively listen practice active listening. Yeah. What was that? Sorry. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> huh? <laughs> what was the name of that site again, Wes? So it's newpodcastapps.com. That's where you can find a podcasting 2.0 app. Uh, I use Podverse and Fountain. I like both of those. Uh, they also tell you when someone is going live. 
And so not right now, but eventually our podcast will show up with a little live tag next to our names and uh, it'll, it'll tell people who are on those podcasts that are subscribed to us that you and I are now live. And I thought that was a, a cool thing that they also offer. Our law, our last podcasting is pretty sweet. Yeah. Our last uh, podcasting host didn't offer those things. Um, and so I just, I just felt like, well, why am I spending the same amount of money and not getting more of my money's worth uh, for what we do well, here? Plus the support of somebody that sounds like they're awesome. So, Oh, yeah. And this, is a, this is a great company. So they've been on um, Adam Curry's podcast, uh, Podcast um, <clears throat> Index. Um, that's a podcast that you can – it's basically the um, – uh, the boardroom meeting for podcasting 2.0. So you can hear all the new features that are coming up and who's doing what. And then there's a lot of development talk, which um, really goes over my head. But uh, what's nice hmm. is that all of those people are accessible. Um, so the last person I want to thank tonight is uh, Adam Curry, uh, because uh, the migration between um, my old host to Blueberry, um, some, uh, some tags uh, got uh, messed up as we migrated. Uh, so we show up twice on podcast index. So I talked to him um, and he was going to delete the one I didn't want. And that should be resolved by tomorrow. So that's how accessible they are. That's how helpful they are. Um, and and that's, that's who's behind all these great apps is all these wonderful people who just want you to, to do your art, do your work and, uh, and really enjoy it and have all the support that you need. So thank you to all of them. Yes. Thank you. Um, and before we move forward with other nonsense, what's the, uh, site for the live chat? Is that up and going? Yeah. So if you go to our website, I don't have, uh, like a special link to that, but if you go to our website and then go to the live, uh, page where it'll say, listen live, it'll be a link to the chat. So people can go there. And what is that website? Just for the people that have invited that have never gone to our website before. Oh, beer, bourbon, balderdash.com. Yes, not bbboys.com. Yeah, don't don't look up bbb. <laughs> yeah, try not to. Yeah, there might be that. some things that you may or may not like to look at. So, uh, but it won't be our podcast. And to each that's, his own. That's what's important here. So, beerbourbonbalderdash.com is where you can find <laughs> that. Um, and if you spell it balderdash, it also directs to our website because um, I have both domains. Yep. Are uh, Are you on the live chat now? Yes, I am. Me too. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm just getting Not on yet. there. Yeah, I see that. So, uh, Johnny, what do we got yes, for sir? beer tonight, Johnny No Food. So, so this um, is an old, longtime favorite of me mm-hmm. of mine, and mine of a too. lot of people. Um, I think, if I remember right, this beer consistently ranks as one of the top beers, um, maybe in the world, definitely in the country, though. Yeah. Um, I know Helen loves it. I love it. It's a it's a longtime favorite. Uh, it's from North Coast Brewing, Old Rasputin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's an, a Russian imperial stout, and man, they just nail it. Yeah, they do. So um, let's uh, let's just dive in. Yes, here we go. Cracky, cracky. <sighs> good thing that wasn't a twist off. Yeah, mine did a little gassy fart, so that was good. It's a good sign. Oh. I already love it. I love stouts. Mm-hmm. I love it's probably because it hits my sweet tooth and the and the taste of chocolate and stuff. Not that it's necessarily sweet, but coffee and chocolate and those kind of dark tastes and aromas are always my favorite. So mm-hmm. so this is a nine percent beer. Yes, it's a big beer. Um, so it's <laughs> and it and it's fun to drink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Uh, get some things, get some things. All right. Ready? I'm ready. Taste on it. Yeah. It's, it's really dark. It's nice. It's got a light, dark head. It's not really like fluffy, like a lot of the beers. Yeah. Uh, but that's pretty common with high alcohol beers because alcohol, um, keeps the surface tension of the water from staying together. Yep. Uh, most high alcohol beers don't have a lot of head, which is fine, but anyway, Here we go. Here we go. Cheers. Oh, you, you're doing right out of the bottle. Yeah, I'm doing right out of the bottle. I'm fancy. I'm uh, I'm rocking a Red Hook ESB original. Yeah, class. I just I forgot to grab one. I worked out before we did the podcast, so I was kind of like running a little bit behind. So you don't have, you don't have to brag. Yeah, I don't post it on Instagram or anything. I worked I worked out too. No one wants to see my flab go up and down while I'm in my underwear running on the treadmill. That's 
It's not a great look. Why are you look. in your underwear? Because why go get a pair of shorts? I just put my pants we back just, on. We just lost all our listeners in half of that <laughs> talent on the show. <laughs> it's I, I'm in all my right. basement. No one else is down here. Give me a break. Whatever you do in your basement, you and Wild Bill. <laughs> all right, cheers. That's the lotion in my panties. That's right. You're gross. You're gross. Cheers. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. What do you taste? All the things I said, chocolate, uh, coffee. Coffee's big in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not as bitter as our last one last week. Um, that one was a dark beer that um, was quite bitter. Uh, mm-hmm. This one has some bitter to it, um, but it's at a level that is tolerable, at least for me. I don't like super bitter things. Um, yeah, it's just coffee, yeah. little chocolate, dark, yummy. So this is a really good example of like, I, I encourage people when they're tasting beers and you know, think about bitterness, it's much more complicated. Like you'll see IBUs and alcohol content and different um, stats about beers all over the yeah. place. And IBUs, international bittering units, are more complicated than just like bigger number, more bitter. So like you said, this doesn't taste as bitter, but that's because it's balanced out by a big malt yeah. profile. Um, it's actually... I if I I don't know if they actually says it on the bottle, but it's probably somewhere in like the sixties, which is Holy where shit, a lot of IPAs really? are. Wow. Yeah. Fooled but me. because of like the sweetness and of the malt and the bigness <clears throat> of the beer, they balance each other better. So that's like when you talk about malt and hot profiles, it's the balance between the two that changes the style effectively. Yep. So like if you lowered your malt profile and left your bitterness the same you would have a more bitter beer even though you didn't change anything about the the hops that you added to it so fun fact but it's this is a good one that you could drink after you drank like um an ipa that has the same ibu rating uh and you'll see what exactly i'm talking about one will taste you'll taste the hops you'll get the bitterness and this one you just don't but yeah, at the same time much better than you, you the need last that. one yeah, you need that level of bitterness because otherwise it just becomes like really, they'll become cloyingly sweet and um, not good. You'll just, all you'll taste is that sweet malt flavor, which is, I mean, some people like that, I guess. It'd be closer to, like in this case, it'd be closer to an or an English stout okay. than the Russian Imperial stout. It's, it's good times. It's delicious though. I think everyone should mm-hmm. try this one if they haven't. Uh, usually I find it in singles. So I don't usually mm-hmm. find it in a six pack. I usually find it as a single. Uh, they, I know they sell yeah. them in six packs, but um, uh, I think this one comes in a four pack. Okay, which is good because yeah. it's heavy duty. Uh, let's see, North Coast Brewing's out of California. Uh, oh, this didn't get as ranked as high as I thought. There's some other ones on here that are higher, like Stone Brewing, and what do they know? This beer's great. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think this this ranks well. Well, and this is um this is something that everyone I've talked to, they all know, they've all tried, they all love. I haven't found a person yet that says anything bad about Yeah. This uh, I wonder I wonder if this is one that's like it's been like a staple for so long that in like current ratings it gets downgraded because it's well known. It's not new and exciting to a lot of people anymore. Oh, maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's that it's like the shine is worn off a little bit, but the fact that it has such staying power is pretty spectacular. Yeah, I agree with that. So, yeah, it's delicious. Just a, a theory about nothing. Yeah. Oh, this is really, really good. Oh, they like music education at North Coast Brewing and concerned about climate impact, and they have a shop where you can buy T-shirts. There you go. Shop to buy T-shirts. Fort Bragg, California. Let's do it. All <laughs> right, what are we... Uh, what other delicious thing are we tasting tonight? Well, tonight we're going to try another from Crowded Barrel. So last week we did Eleanor and enjoyed that. Um, tonight we're going to do their Sloppy Poncho. Sloppy Poncho. Sloppy Poncho. Uh, this one is, I got the information here. Now, Crowded Barrel Whiskey Company, they're a crowdsourced distillery. Um, they get a lot, of, a lot of stuff from other distilleries, and then they're able to blend it themselves uh, bottle it themselves and then offer small batch stuff. Um, they work with a lot of Texas distilleries. Um, you can find them on uh, YouTube at Whiskey Tribe or Whiskey Vault. They're really cool guys. Um, so I would definitely uh, check them out uh, if you haven't already from last week. 
Uh, tonight, uh, Sloppy Poncho, this is a straight bourbon. It's weeded. Uh, it's a 46 ABV, so 92 proof. It comes from two barrels, two different barrels. And the distiller is Giant Texas Distillers, uh, I believe in Houston. If I'm uh, Yeah, and for those who haven't listened before that might be listening now, uh, Credit Barrel isn't a distillery. Yep. Right. Yeah. No. They uh, they blend other people's barrels. Yep. And then you know sometimes they'll hold them too. But they have started, if I remember correctly, they have started um, distilling their own. But that takes, as we know, you know, three years or more. Takes some time, unless yep. you want to cheat and put caramel coloring in it. Yep. Which only the Irish can do. Um, blend it with turpentine. <laughs> to get that, that nice. That would be uh, wine. Um. <laughs> What? Yeah. <laughs> Turpentine and wine. Uh, so uh, this has been fortified aged, wine. Fortified wine. A few months over two years. Uh, I won't tell you the nose or the palate that they have on here, um, but you can look them up at crowdedbarrelwhiskey.com. Again, um, newpodcastapps.com, uh, the links to North Coast Brewing Company and the link to Crowded Barrel Whiskey Company. All those links will be in our show notes. That's another podcasting 2.0 feature so if you're like hey what was it that they were drinking you can go to one of these apps and you'll see our kind of an introduction about what the podcast is about and then there'll be links underneath that if you just tap on it it'll send you to the website and you'll be able to see what we drank and all the information about it so um anyways did you pour a little uh let me i was i wanted the sound effects that just sounds like you're peeing <laughs> that's the magic of radio <laughs> podcast that's so funny all right yeah i did okay cool all right on the nose Ooh, do you know what do you know what the Ooh. abv what the alcohol content of this is it's 46 percent proof 92 mm, right in there yeah yep Ooh, it's savory yeah and and herbally i get all the weeded all the weeded stuff yeah. Oh, it's so good. It smells so fresh, uh, almost minty. I would say. Yeah, it doesn't have like that that sweet like. Is it Jack Daniels? It's a little sweeter. It doesn't have that like. Yeah. Bourbony. Nope. Aroma. Yep. It's it's a. Yo, so this is a wheat whiskey. Yep, weeded whiskey. Weed, mm. So like uh, for for people who want kind of like if you ever heard of uh, Maker's Mark, Maker's Mark, and Weller, those are all weeded whiskeys as well. So instead of having rye um, as the as another component to the uh, the corn um, and the malted barley, um, it's wheat, and that's uh, and and there it can be a variation of whatever that wheat is. So, all right, well, cheers. All right, cheers. Oh. It's so good. I get grains, grains and cereal. Mm-hmm. It's tasty. I, I I need another sip because I think after that uh, old Rasputin, it's yeah, yeah, like it's it's dead in a lot of the things. So a lot of the sure. subtleties of this, I'm not tasting. But yeah, and for any listeners, again, when we're when we're tasting these things, we smell first because most of your taste, I think, somewhere upwards of ninety percent of your taste is through smell. Um. So we smell first and we're trying to pull out any kind of characteristics, things in our memory um, that uh, might remind us of what the smell is. And then as we taste, want, the way you want to taste is you want to taste um, with your nose in the glass because you want to smell it as you're tasting it. And then kind of keep it in your mouth and breathe in through your mouth a little bit. Not a lot because you don't want to catch the vapors. Um, but that'll help also influence your the smell as you drink it as well. It's very, very good. Um, they say, uh, that their palate on this, um, they claim it, it tastes like honey nut Cheerios, cereal and cream. Mm. What do you think? Taste it again. Definitely the cereal. Uh, I'm not, it doesn't have the sweetness of honey nut Cheerios, but it does have, kind of have that like earthy grainy flavor. Yeah. That, you know, uh, maybe the flavor of, of honey, but without that the sweet component of it. Yes. I agree with that. If that makes any sense at all. Wes told me once that, uh, you told me once that putting it on like aftershave helps. 
Oh yeah, yeah, you can rub uh, it in your hands if you and- wanna. If you wanna grab some more of the smell, you can put a little bit in the palm of your hands, rub your hands together, clap your hands, and then smell it, and it'll activate uh, more of that smell. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it works. War- you, you can warms it up out. and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, makes the esters kind of explode a little bit. Yep, and same thing interesting- with water. When you when you put water in it, drops of water in it, it also um, help with the oils and break up the the molecules so you can get a little bit more flavor, a little bit better smell out of it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. But uh, the last little sip that I had, um, not intentionally, accidentally, I got it very much on the end of my tongue. And there is like a, like if you don't keep it right at the end of your tongue, there's this, this kind of a salty component that gets missed with all the other flavors that are going back. Kind of gets skipped. So it's just like, it's like a very savory yeah. Savory whiskey. I like that. It's nice. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoying who's street it. legal? Do you know who street is that? Helen? Is that heckin'? Uh, no, that's Sam. Sam. Sam's Sam's joining us. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, I welcome. sent. Uh, I sent our uh, Mexico crew um, the link, and Sam said he was listening, and there might be five listening, but I'm pretty sure it's Sam, and he's just trying to like boost our egos. So thanks, Sam. <laughs> Keep doing that. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Appreciate that. All right. So um, for the Balderdash tonight, we've done the beer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now it's the Balderdash. I kind of like this topic. I, I went off on it um, in my notes, uh, which is good because it's something that I actually think about quite often. Um, and that is I how to survive the apocalypse. Now, what what do you think? What do you think the apocalypse will look like? Like, what do you what is um, what is it that goes through your mind that says, "I'm going, I'm worrying about this enough that I should probably do this." I have exactly one worry when it comes to the apocalypse. Okay. My one worry is that I don't die first. Like, you, you just don't want to die first. I just, I no, I want to be. I want to go in the first wave. I just oh. like I told Helen earlier. <laughs> if a nuclear bomb hits Seattle, I hope yeah. it lands on my house. That's funny. I just want to, like, I don't, I don't want to survive. I just, just take me out. Yeah, I'm good. Because it sounds awful. Like you go watch all the movies, the apocalypse movies, or you know, like they just, it sounds terrible. Like I don't need to be fighting for my life. I got a cush, corporate job, a condo in Providence. <laughs> like I don't. I don't need to be scrapping for dog food. No thanks. Yeah, but I'm this out. is this isn't how to die in the apocalypse. This is how to survive the apocalypse. Uh, maybe I, maybe this is just going to be a really short episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it, everybody. Good night. Good night. <laughs> um, I do think it's interesting though that the idea of the apocalypse because it comes up a lot, and there's so many different versions of it. Like there's the biblical version, and that has a lot of interpretation. Yep. And then there's like like you could probably separate them out into uh, a couple different categories, like natural disaster caused, yep. um, human caused, which would be like EMPs or nuclear holocaust, things like that, war, um, climate change, or global pandemics, or like you know the zombies one is a big one. Uh, and if this is a zombie apocalypse and they're slow, that'll be all right. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we'll see a zombie apocalypse other than the fentanyl users that we see in in certain big cities uh or tiktok users yeah or tiktok users that's for sure social media zombies or even right now social media is messing people's necks they're messing them up because they're just looking down all the time well i think it's doing a lot more than messing up their necks i think social media is super toxic i don't think we would i think as a culture we're devolving because of social media that's my hot take on that next week on beer bourbon and balderdash (laughs) the problem with social media yeah that's that'll be a big one. There's actually way smarter people that have done a better job of explaining all that uh, than we oh, could. So ever. either so. we need to we we either need to interview them or just stay away from the topic. Yeah, or both. We could do both. Okay. All right. I'm fine by that. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind. I mean, listen. It. If you listen to most podcasts, it's just people who don't know anything just giving hot takes and then Ooh, arguing yeah. about the hot takes. That's all it is. And then and then so most of them are- most of them are just trolling people anyways. We're status quo, except we don't try to troll people. We're not smart enough to do that. Yeah. No, no we're not. Uh, I, I guess here's the biggest one that uh, has been coming out this week is uh, the aliens, the alien stuff. Mm. So it, it started with, at the beginning of the week, the United States, according to this whistleblower who's addressed Congress and has actually gone through the whistleblower channels. So he's gone through all the 
proper government channels. He said, um, or at least it was reported earlier this week, that the United States has at least two non-human aircraft in possession and one partial. And it's gone from that to now I've heard 12. The United States has 12 fully intact non-human aircrafts or UAPs. So, um, and then there was some weird video that was going around today on the social medias, on the Twitters and on the Instagrams of a police cam capturing something falling from the sky and then getting a call two blocks away where the thing fell saying that there were, um, I think two or three beings at least 10 feet tall in this person's backyard. And the cop didn't want to respond to it because he saw the thing fall down. You can watch it on his body cam. And by the time they get to the house, of course, nothing's there. And when you ask the family about these aliens, uh, they didn't take out their cell phones to take any pictures in this day and age. They didn't take any video. There's no. It seems very, very suspicious. I agree. Well, it's suspicious in one of two ways. Either there's a cover up or it didn't happen. Yeah. Or it's a false flag type thing. You know, I always think about what else is being reported or about to come out that's distracting us, you know, from something that we obviously don't have any proof of. So, oh, is this Las Vegas? Did you say this is in Las Vegas? Yeah, I think it was two hours ago, Las Vegas. Yeah. But, but the, the actual report is it says on the cops' uh, body cam May 1st or May 5th or something like that. Oh, this one's 22 hours ago. This is new. No, they put it out now. Uh, the news did, but the body cam uh, says like May something on the oh body my God. cam. Wes, you exaggerate so much. This says they were eight feet tall. Oh, 10 feet tall. I heard 10 That's feet so tall. unrealistic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's probably Rob Zombie. Yeah, Rob Zombie. Zombie apocalypse. It's, it it probably He's probably just hanging out in his alien costume. Yeah. Like he does. I don't know. So maybe maybe it's an alien apocalypse, uh, a la War of the Worlds. Yeah. So, do you, what do you think? Like, if aliens showed up, are they going to be nice or mean? Uh, I mean, they're they're more intelligent than us, so they might see us just as dumb animals. We mm-hmm. might be the zoo. Yeah, so, it's possible. I mean, who knows? I mean, who knows? Who knows? Who knows what any of that is? I I I'm less. In my mind, I don't have proof of this, but that's okay because we're not talking about real things at the moment. Um, in my mind, <laughs> uh, I don't think they're interplanetary. I, I believe that they're more interdimensional because I do believe in dimensional mm. dimensional things. I think there is a realm that we see and there's an unseen realm. So I believe, if anything, they may be interdimensional. Um, <laughs> or Or we've somehow done time travel. I don't know. I don't know. Could be all kinds of cool yeah. stuff. It's fun to ponder and to think about those things if you have an imagination um, and to not get fearful until you have to actually mm-hmm. see something. But if anyone remembers, uh, John and I did a podcast a while back on UFOs, and uh, we talked about uh, we talked about the uh, conspiracy that it's just satellites that are faking UFO invasions in order to get us to comply to something. Project Bluebeam. Mm. Project Bluebeam. So anyways, I talked to... Chat GPT, of course. I talked to the AI, which is also could be a um, alien interface. Yeah, or it could take us over. You know, somewhere but, out there, John Connor is judging us for fucking around with AI. Sorry, Dana. Um, so here's what Chat GPT <laughs> said. We're gonna load it up here. Oh my gosh! Here we go. Shall we play again? Yes, yes, we shall, GPT. Uh, so, a realistic apocalypse <laughs> so ridiculous. could take various forms depending on the cause and the scale of the event. So, number one, a pandemic outbreak. Been there, done that. Mm. Didn't want the t-shirt. Um, number two, climate catastrophe. Uh, so, this could be re- extreme weather, hurricanes, droughts, heat waves, rising sea levels. Uh Number three is nuclear war. Uh, We are 90 seconds to midnight, which uh, Mm -hmm. is the closest to midnight we've ever been. And uh, just today, because of the, uh, this is, this was reported on the news uh, because of the Ukrainian um, counter 
um, strike or counteroffensive to Russia. Uh, Russia is now talking even more about nuclear using their nuclear option. Um, number four, artificial intelligence takeover, which I thought was super funny that G- Chat GPT is saying that AI takeover is a possibility of an apocalypse. Uh, and in this, uh, as AI technology <laughs> advances, like, I know it's like a, hide it in the back, you know, like not in the end, not in the beginning, yes. somewhere in the middle, just slide it in there. Well, my, my favorite thing is, uh, when you log into certain places, it'll ask you if you're a robot. Yes. Yeah. I think that's funny too. The robot asking you if you're a robot. So mm-hmm. that's my favorite. How does, how does it know I'm not? Exactly. Well, I click the box. Apparently robots don't know how to use the mouse. <laughs> It's like actually more complicated. The really good ones are more complicated than that. Yeah. Um, oh, the street light pretty, thing and stuff. Yeah. Well, beyond that, it's not like like we see it as pick the picture, and because I'm a smart human being, I can pick the picture. Well, originally they were kind of that way, and they're very simplistic. Like where which one has a bridge in it or a car? Sure. Yeah. But they are far more advanced than you realize. Like they're following your mouse and your click rates, yeah. and like. There, there are actually ways that you can log in and out of things that are completely based on your typing cadence. Like if you, t- well, the way you type in a password is the same every time. And there are systems that if you don't type it in with the same cadence, even if you get the word right or the password right, yeah, it'll keep you from logging in. Oh well, there you go, guys. Uh, your remote work is now screwed. You can't use. That's uh, right. <laughs> AI will be implemented to tell your boss that it's not really you that's moving the mouse around on that's the right. Well, well, don't don't log in to your work email while you're one hand in it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like just, I mean, that's a bad bad option anyway. In case yeah. the camera's on. Yeah. Don't put porn is, on your work computer, dummy. This is. I'm just trying to give you some realistic, real world advice, and we're talking about a lot of nonsense around here. But this is like very this, valuable. This is real. Mm-hmm. Real. <clears throat> yeah. Number five was economic collapse. So a, a global economic crisis will unfold, characterized by hyperinflation, currency devaluation, widespread unemployment. I feel like that's the most likely. You think economic is the most likely? Yeah, I do think it'll be, I don't think it'll be a global apocalypse. So I guess it's what's your definition of apocalypse. But like you look at, at uh, nations that fell, a lot of it's, economic based sure venezuela so like brazil yeah and i i mean maybe it's not an apocalypse like we think like everyone's gonna die and there's volcanoes blowing everybody up but i mean a global catastrophe for sure yeah like if the supply chain ends like i actually when when covid hit and the supply chain kind of fell apart i think that highlighted how fragile it actually is yeah we've just been like assuming everything's great so it wouldn't take much for that to all fall apart and since we don't manufacture anything we're kind of fucked well, that's also because we're a, a first world country where we expect things uh, instantaneously, immediately, on demand. Uh, and when those things no longer exist, um, we freak out. Uh, mm-hmm. Any other country that's a developing country or as we would call them, third world countries, um, they're like, okay, whatever. Like, I know, yeah, well, I know how to get water. Even, I know how to get food. <laughs> they're even like... Like it, it was interesting when the oh, was it the 2008 housing crisis yeah. that when the economy crashed then, um, and you know the economy always there's ebbs and flows. That was a deep recession, yep, and that happens that sometimes. Mm-hmm. It was it was really bad. Um, but like I talked to my mom who lives in Moscow, Idaho, and they're a farming town that has a university, and they were like nothing happened. Yeah, like there's no change. Actually, the only thing that changed is it got higher applications for attendance to the university but outside of that like their economy was fine you know people still need farms farmers were still getting paid to work sure housing wasn't a big deal because they live in the middle of nowhere and there wasn't this big shortage it was like it's like a very balanced town there's this big influx of students every year and out and the infrastructure is built for it and nothing really changed it's just in and out they just kept going interesting that's cool well, I think so, I think that says a lot about smaller knit, tighter knit communities. People know each other in yeah. smaller communities. I think that's that's better. So I'm glad you brought that up because actually, as we talk about surviving the apocalypse, um, there is a few things that you need to survive the apocalypse. Now, this is this is oh. good information, kids. And if a you have a friend with a gun, yeah. Well, yes. And uh, <laughs> so, so here, here's 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 a quick list. Um, so, of course, being prepared. 
Uh, so that's food, water, medicine, first aid kits. Um, if you want to go further than that, you know, you can do trauma training. Actually, there's a lot of um, organizations that'll do trauma training. So if, if you're really in a place where people are getting hurt real bad, you know how to, to help them, tourniquets, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That kind of training actually is really good anyway if you do a lot of outdoor stuff or like yep. Helen and I's property out in central Washington is way out in the middle of nowhere. We're like half an hour from a hospital mm-hmm. and being able to to address a significant wound right away, like before somebody bleeds out or like, you know, being able to put it yeah. to splint something or, you know, puncture wounds are, are pretty bad and knowing how to handle like, I think people underestimate or overestimate their ability to jump to action. People panic and freeze. Yep. And, um, uh, when something traumatic happens, you don't, you don't have that. Like we've talked about it before, like firefighters and police officers generally are kind of a special breed in that they can compartmentalize the need of right now from their personal emotions and jump in and yeah. help yep. when things are a little terrifying Yeah, and having that practice ahead of time helps yep. like just expect knowing what to expect and how to handle it. Having that education is a big deal. I'm full supporter of people getting first aid training, even at a basic level. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that 100%. I do. Uh, even taking like a fun, you know, especially if you have kids, I think one a cool thing that you could do if you have kids is uh, take them to like some kind of organization as a weekend with kids and parents mm-hmm. uh, where they teach them, you know, any kind of bushcraft survival stuff. It's just fun. Uh, mm-hmm. But you also get to learn to, you know, make a shelter out of a tarp mm-hmm. and some, and some sticks or even some lean to with some branches and some moss and some, uh, fur, uh, boughs. So I, you know, mm-hmm. where to find water, boiling water, how to start a fire with some tinder or with a flint or all those or things a battery are, or a battery and steel wool, you know, all those mm-hmm. things I think are That's my favorite. I know it's fun. Uh, all Have those you ever started things a battery awesome with things. You ever started a battery with a gum wrapper and a double a battery? Uh, no, you just put, you link the two with the gun wrapper, gum wrapper. You, you have to like, you have to like make it so it's sort of hourglass shaped. Mm-hmm. So there's like a narrow point in the middle because mm-hmm. you need to focus the energy into a spot that you're basically creating an element that gets hot and catches on fire. Sure. But yeah, you can take the silver gum wrappers like <clears throat> on, was it double mint or whatever? The silver gum wrappers has to be one of the silver ones. Yep. But yeah, you make this hourglass shape, you touch it to the end of the batteries and the middle will catch on fire. That's fantastic. I didn't know that one. I always did that's the uh, the nine volt with steel wool, which was cool. Yeah, that's a good one too, and it's cool when it like slowly yeah yeah goes th- yeah. sparkles, light lighting shit on fire. That's the best part of survival training. Yep, uh, where to find water uh, using snow or dew on fabric or on leaves or just and boiling water. Understanding that a lot of water that you can find in mountains and stuff is probably got some parasites that you might want to boil out first. Mm-hmm. Uh, food. Uh, bugs, you know, maybe an apocalypse, the world economic forum will finally get their way and you'll be eating bugs and you'll like it. Um, it already happens now. They're full of protein. There's a, there's a companies that make protein powder out of crickets. Oh yeah. I've seen that. That yeah. doesn't bother me one bit. Well, you go to the Seattle Mariners game, you can get deep fried crickets. Hmm. Um, and then, uh, vitamin C, uh, you can get vitamin C, which is great for, um, all kinds of diseases and even healing in your body. Um, because mm-hmm. of collagen um, buildup and stuff, you can get that from boiling spruce, spruce needles. You can you can get mm-hmm. vitamin C out of those, and then fat. Fat's always going to be important. So if you are in a place where you know you can't, you're in the wilderness and something happens, acorns, maple seeds, and uh, those are great places where you can get fat. They're full of fat, um, mm-hmm. but seaweed as well. So if you're along a coast, uh, seaweed is tons of nutrients. Mm-hmm. Um, electrolytes, especially. So, and that's really good if you're, um, you know, maybe needing some of those kind of nutrients in order to keep moving with energy. Yeah. So it's good to know some basics. You might not ever use them, but it's, I, to me, it's, it's just, I like knowing it's interesting yeah. to know. And I like knowing that I can take care of myself if I need to. Yep. Uh, and so fire keeping matches or a lighter with you or the old magnifying glass, or like we talked about batteries, mm-hmm. batteries and some Tinder. Um, clothing, boots and socks. I think, um, in my truck, I have, you know, spare socks. I have spare boots. Um, those are kind of, you ever, you ever heard the survival song? No. Tell me that you have a survival song. Yeah. It's a bit of a survival song. Sing it. But it's, but it's, it's kind of a dance party, like (laughs) EDM song. It goes something like 
boots and socks and 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 boots and socks. That's it. That's all song. Oh, it's just boots and socks. Yeah. All right. Booty sex. Except you got I heard. Boots and socks. I can't do it right. Yeah, it's a bad song, but it reminds you to put on boots. Boots and socks. I love it. Um, no, that was stupid. Let's cancel that. Yeah. On this live feed. Uh, clothes, clothes that are easily maneuverable. Leave your skinny jeans at home. Um, you know, they're, they have pockets and clothes that have lots of pockets. Those should be something in a, like a, uh, in a bag in your car or just clothes to have around that in case you need, cause you need to store a lot of stuff. You got to have some pockets for all that stuff. Um, you hear that ladies, my cargo pants might save your life one day. Yeah. As dumb as they look. (laughs) My tube socks and white tennies (laughs) with my khaki cargo shorts is survival look. Yeah, who's going to be laughing when I'm eating rice pilaf out of my side pocket? My tots. (laughs) Tots. Gross. (laughs) Well, beyond these, uh, so like any kind of first aid, um, do you have an everyday carry? Uh, I don't, no. So like you have a lot of stuff stashed different places, but I'd like, I know you have go bags and I think like I have our cars stocked in a way that like in a minimalistic way, like winter travel is something I pay a lot of attention to. Sure. I always make sure that we're, we're safe when we go out. Cause you never know when you're going to get stuck on the side of the road for a day or two. Yeah. Especially when you're going over passes and whatnot. Um, I mean, I keep water in the garage and batteries stocked and I think overall in Seattle, we'd be fine in Providence. I think we'd be screwed, but, um, I'm pretty sure that most of the people in this condo building I could take, so not too worried about that. Yeah, I, but it, for for most people, like if you're thinking about an EDC, and that means everyday carry, um, a pocket knife is something usually people keep on them. A uh, small flashlight is always useful. Um, some you know maybe some like paracord. Some people wear paracord bracelets just as you know something to have in case they need to tie something up real quick. Um. Like you said, in my truck, you're right. I do have, um, I have uh, get out of town bags or shit hits the fan bags where I have, um, like car jumpers or those, you know, those batteries that you can jump cars with, or you can power mm-hmm. other things with. Um, I have, uh, food, high calorie foods. I got Mylar blankets. I got knives, compasses, stuff like that, that you might need if I was stuck and I needed to either get home or get out of town and I had to leave my truck. You know, mm. something that I could actually, you know, bring Put with your backpack me. on. Yeah. And I have like those life straws so like you can, it'll filter water if you find a water supply from bacteria mm-hmm. and stuff. And just thinking outside the box and those things. Yeah. So speaking of like very realistic scenarios that we could find ourselves fucked in. Yep. Seattle's like ready for a giant earthquake. So like. Do you, so I, I worry about it a lot being on the East coast. Like what happens if that happens? Like I have a game plan of what I do if there's a big earthquake in Seattle Yeah, and it's like, I can't fly into Seattle out of Boston and all those flights will be canceled. How do mm-hmm. I get there? And so mm-hmm. it's like, what's the closest airport? Uh, what's my second option where I can like get to and rent a car? And am I even going to be able to get there? Because they're basically saying that anything <laughs> West of I five, it's yeah. fucked. Yeah. And Which our is house West is Seattle. West of I five, yeah. mm-hmm. West Seattle. So I'm not very excited about that. Yeah, but you know you that's know. one thing they don't have here in New England is earthquakes. No, they get really. the hurricanes, don't they? Or typhoons. Yeah, this, or... The building we live in is like 100 years old. I'm not concerned about that either. So is my house. My house is almost 100 years old. My house in three years will be 100 years old, and here it stands. Which is why it will not survive an earthquake. It survived already like three. Not the one. Not the mega quake they're talking about. No, not the. Well, the I don't know yet. We haven't had a mega depths. quake yet. We'll see. You're saying that like the coast is going to fall off. We'll see. Well, and that that's actually a good point, John, that you make is because if if I can't get out of here, so let's face it, if everyone's running for the freeway because something's happening, I'm going to be one of the people stuck on the freeway. <laughs> okay, so I'm stuck. So I think what's really smart, because we always think about getting out, I think what's really smart is making your home your bug out bag. So places in your house that you can stash supplies and safety stuff and food, like you should, everyone should have at least, uh, I think they said like a month to two months worth of food on hand for however many people. And that could be an investment because the food will last like, um, you know, 10 years or 12 years or so before they have, you have sub to, that are 
that are like 25 years. And there's, there's some that like they have an expiration date, but they don't, that's the date at which it actually starts to degrade. It's not actually inedible. Yes. Like we're yeah. so conditioned to believe that the expiration date is the date that we can't eat it after, but that's not even close to true. And the point is, is that even though it might not taste good, it's high in calorie and all the nutrients that you need in order to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then water. I think people disregard the importance of having potable water or water mm-hmm. on hand that, um, you know, that you should just have in case something happens and you need water. I mean, even if any kind of, uh, plumbing thing happens down my street i mean at least i got water at least i got fresh water and i don't have to boil water i mean that's that's good too if there's a if there's a natural disaster or something that like might threaten the water supply what's the first thing you should do boil your water shut off your water shut off the water to your water heater yeah because your water tank is like a 40 50 60 gallon holding tank for fresh water yep that's true you're absolutely so, correct like, about a that. lot of people, a lot of, a lot of the survival people are like go fill up your bathtub. Like, no, start with your water heater. It's already contained. Yep. It's one switch. Do that first. And then maybe mess with your bathtub if you have time. Yep. And but boil your water. Plan. Absolutely. Boil your water. Um, and then, um, this is not as fun as I thought it would be. Now it's getting dark. It's getting we dark. Well, no, it's getting, die. it's getting practical. <laughs> uh, and I think we should think about these things. Cause I think, like you said, the, the COVID pandemic opened up our eyes to supply chain shutting down and things that we're used to having in the grocery store not being there. And there was a time, a sh- I think it was a short time, it wasn't a long time, where there was a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, there certainly was. You know, and I remember reading a, um, gosh, I think it was some post, might have been on Twitter, where it was a Navy SEAL and he's like, I don't know why people are freaking about freaking out about toilet paper i can think of a hundred ways that are more efficient to wipe your ass than with toilet paper (laughs) and i was like oh and i started reading it a lot of it made sense like uh the shells Mm -hmm. you don't know about the shells scraping your ass with a shell yeah demolition man remember that movie oh yeah the shells the shells (laughs) those don't exist (laughs) or just wash your butt every time you poop just wash your butt like a bidet too is like i'm worried about not having enough toilet paper yeah but but I'm out of food. Yeah, I don't want my butt to smell. You know what you don't need when you're out of food? <laughs> Toilet, Toilet paper. paper. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's uh, a practical bit of information yeah. for anyone who's listening. You can uh, take that. And one of my one of my favorite things that I have is the um, I have a ham radio. Uh, one of the coolest things that I did over the last couple of years because I'm always trying to challenge myself to try to understand something that I would think that I would never have an idea of because I'm not minded that way, I guess you could say. Um, So I studied and I watched YouTube videos and took classes on ham radio operation and then took a test and I have my ham license, uh, which is, you think if shit goes sideways, ham radios will still work. Yeah. I think there's, there's enough of a foamers um, no, Foamers is not it. Foamers is train people. I think there's enough ham radio operators that um, are around, especially Hammers. in West West Seattle as well, that they have uh, like a field day every year. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, I think uh, at the end of this month is field day. And that's when you can, you know, bounce off all the receptors and uh, try to help other people like as if you're doing an emergency scenario, like mm-hmm. a, some kind of catastrophe or something like that. But what happens if if the catastrophe is like an EMP from the sun? I'm glad you said that. Uh, you can find places where, especially if you needed to get messages out, but you didn't want everyone to know your messages, uh, you could do drops. And drops would be uh, best with telephone poles. So some telephone poles have holes in the telephone poles that have a plug in them as well. A plug as in like a piece of wood that plugs the hole. And you can write notes on those and put them in those holes and then tell people to go to whatever the identifier is on every telephone pole, Mm -hmm. uh, the people that you want to relay messages to. Uh, So you can make drops like that where you're doing secret messages to people outside if if you needed to or if you needed to communicate and people could find that communication. Mm -hmm. Um, Those kind of events kind of breed creativity. 
And as humans, we're, we're pretty adaptable in which we try to find ways to do things that we used to do, but now we have to do them in a different way. So like even remote work, um, you know, is, is something that people could continue to get an income. We didn't have to go to universal basic income or anything like that in order to pay people. People could still work and yet be wherever they are at home. So we, we adapt, we can adapt. Now we we're do. adapting back to normality and people don't like that. Cause once you give people something, they don't want to take it away. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, that's kind of a, a trait of humans going back to like, as we evolved and became what we are today, like yeah. part of why we succeeded as a species was not because we were like the strongest, fastest, biggest beast. It's because we were adaptable. Yep. And so we could live in, the savannas or an islands and coastal cities or desert. Like we've been adaptable and being able to spread out because we, ha- we can adjust based on what's given to us. Yeah. I agree with you. Uh, the next thing that I, um, and this, this is something that I think you would like as well as permaculture. And I know you guys practice permaculture up at the uh, cabin and that's just emphasizing renewable natural resources. So mm-hmm. whatever's around, whether it's solar panels or, uh, did you see the link I sent you guys in the group chat of the Archimedes wind turbine? Yeah, that thing's really cool, dude. That thing's badass. Yeah, it's small Love and it. It, and at five miles an hour, you can you can get all mm-hmm. kinds of power out of it. Um, yeah. The biggest challenge with wind is that you have to get off the ground quite a ways because you need a consistent, you need the the consistent rotation to create consistent yeah. uh, energy. And with most wind turbines, you, that's like fifty feet off the ground, so it's impractical for your, your typical home. But something like this that you can control it and you don't need a lot, like anything over five miles an hour creates um, creates that current that you need. Yeah. Uh, as long as it's consistent and you have a way of breaking it so it stays at that consistent rotation. I think, I think your off-grid property would benefit greatly from something like that. They always get yeah, winds up it's, there. It's, it's really inconsistent, though. That's the problem. Like it's really high sometimes and sometimes it's not at all and it comes from all over the place. Yeah, but it's an option, right? You have solar. It is an option. Have... We can make it. We sh- we certainly could do it. Yeah. Also, combining solar and and wind turbine energy is complicated. Well, they actually had a diagram how you can do it on the yeah. on the there's, website. There's the some book. equipment you need to make it happen, but you can't just like plug them into the same system without no. yeah some intermediary devices. You do. You need like a hybrid controller, is what they said. Yeah. Like a, and with the other difference is like with solar panels, you can just like stop the feed. Like you can stop accepting electricity to stop charging batteries. Whereas with wind energy, you can't. So you have to have a way of discharging that excess energy or stopping the turbine. Share with your neighbors. It's kind of a different, a different system. So a lot of the wind systems you see will like discharge electricity into the ground. Dude, you could barter with your neighbor's energy for water. Or weed. Or weed. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Because, you know, when the apocalypse happens, we still need to have a good time. That's true. And that thank you for that segue because uh, one of the final things we should talk about here is connection is protection. So um, try to find some like-minded people, a community that you have that might be small, that have people that are good at different things. Um, even if that different thing is just, I'll just put me to work, I'll do whatever, to someone who can be technical about stuff. Like I find you incredibly intelligent on that kind of stuff that we're talking about. So like solar and wind, but you're also great at building things. I mean, you have a lot to offer in a situation where um, modern life no longer exists. That's one of the things that um, I like about you. Um, On top of which you're guns. You're the, you're, and I like that about you. You're a sweetheart. So (laughs) one of my favorite things about you is that you're just, you're just such a sweetheart. So uh, that's Thanks. why we're friends. But then you are a friend with the benefits that I also appreciate because you teach me a lot of good stuff, and I appreciate that a lot. I don't know. We work we work well together. I think so, too. It's a, I think so, And we too. have a lot of fun, which I think is really important, too. I think people underestimate, like, the, like you're talking about. The, so I have had the benefit of, like, being involved in a lot of these things, which is why I know how to do it. Um, and I like sharing that, and I like doing those things. But the reality is, like, it would suck if you sucked. <laughs> so... Like it really is just fun. That's the benefit to me is like, I just get to go do something with somebody that I love and yeah. enjoy the time. And I, I think I probably play the part of knowing what I'm doing a lot better than I actually know what I'm doing. Sorry. I fake it till you make it, baby. 
That's right. But the reality <laughs> is I just, I, if I didn't like doing it, if I didn't like spending time with you, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I agree. So, like, I agree. We wouldn't even be to doing find this. Those people like, like think beyond like, like from a survival standpoint, like think beyond the like practicality of things. Like we go to this dark place where things just suck and we just need people to do things. But like, what's the point in living if it just sucks to live? That's why I often say like, yeah, the first wave, just take me out. I don't, yeah. I don't need to survive because it just sounds miserable. Uh, you know, I'm old. I've lived a life. You're not old. Good lord. I've lived, I've lived a life that people in the Renaissance would be proud <laughs> yeah. of. I mean, that's <laughs> true. So you're you're uh, you're an elderly man by Renaissance age. That's for seriously. sure. And tall, very very tall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Were they a lot shorter? Wow. Actually, yeah, somewhere in like the it was like the 1500s. The average height of a man was like five six. That's crazy. Average, maybe yeah. an average. Yeah, that's, I'm gonna go with above average. That's crazy. But then uh, the Vikings showed up and screwed it up for all of us. Yeah, thanks. Shirts. That's my people. Um, Who knew that drinking beer could make you so tall? Yeah, or big. Well, big. I know it makes me big. Well, big makes me big. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one other thing is that if your home becomes your bug out bag or your survival bag uh think of ways that you can be creative and where you can hide life-saving emergency supplies um i always like uh there's a lot of great resources and websites where people build furniture and there's like false bottoms or false drawers Mm -hmm. um i love the false electrical outlet that one's fantastic look like an Mm -hmm. outlet you just pull on it and you can store cash and stuff um Mm -hmm. hollow books but also keep um I think it's important to keep things like silver or gold uh, and even ammunition. Uh, Even if you don't own a gun, things that you can think of that would be worth bartering over in a time where people might need things. And that that could even include Mm -hmm. screws, nails. I mean, all of those things that uh, you know, would probably, you wouldn't want to go to Home Depot and fight your way to buy a bunch of stuff. Um, <laughs> so think about things that you might be able to accumulate or have in order to, um, help yourself trade if you needed things to trade. Um, bartering is, is a really cool thing and people barter today, but they barter more with their skills, mm-hmm. uh, which you and I have benefited just from this podcast. So mm-hmm. the people that I talk oh, to yeah, and stuff, sure. we barter, on things. I'll help you if you help me. Um, I, I think that's, I think that's super important that we're using what we know and our knowledge and our skills in order to help one another, um, and be beneficial. Yeah. I'd agree with that. See, you just gave ammo to all of those like garage dads that have a bucket of screws that they refuse to get rid yeah, of, but they won't well, sort out of them. use. <laughs> yeah. I'm one of them. Someday it's going to be worth its weight in gold or maybe, maybe 10. Or, or you can melt them down and you can make other things too. I mean, the, the that's a whole other skill. Like you're going, you're going way too deep. Yeah. I'd rather just barter. Like here is a deck screw. Can I have a chocolate bar? <laughs> I just need some. Could you imagine candy. chocolate wouldn't even be a thing? <laughs> no, it yeah. wouldn't. I also think no. if, if you, even if you don't drink, have a big bottle of vodka in your house, uh, stored away somewhere. It's a great, uh, way to get rid of bacteria. And to mm-hmm. cleanse any kind of wounds or anything like that. Yeah. Um, actually, interestingly enough, um, my friend Bill, who lives here, Zayden and Bill, that I spend time with, he always keeps, uh, he uses, sometimes it's Everclear. It's like whatever clear oh, yeah. green alcohol is the cheapest. Yeah. And it's not for drinking. He uses it for things like, uh, like in the Northeast, there's a lot of poison ivy. Mm-hmm. And the alcohol can help. Um, it's the oil from the poison ivy that gets on you. It causes the rashes if you're sure. allergic to it. And that can help break up that oil and remove it from your skin. So he'll like, after working in the yard, we'll very regularly do a, a wipe down with alcohol. That's just fantastic. to make sure that it like kills it. Yep. He uses it for other things too, but it's super useful. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if shit is really bad, you just drink yourself into oblivion. And that was my be done with point. it. Yep. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Uh, so folks, everything, all this stuff will be on there. There's websites called like the prepare.com, um, or, uh, there's a, a good podcast that's been on for many, many years called the survival podcast. You can find them at survivalpodcast.com. This guy is really into permaculture. 
So he's um, he's great at renewable natural resources. Um, he wants local ecosystems to be uh, enriched and renewed. Um, he talks about design, installation, maintenance um, of sustainable human communities. Uh, so when we can't get produce or food from grocery stores anymore, uh, how do we come together as a community and know how to help one another grow things, grow food, store food, pickle food, canned food, all that kind of stuff that as uh, our country used to know how to because they had to. Mm-hmm. And then because of you know our our modern ways, we don't have to. So we gain something that's convenient, but we lose something that is valuable at the same time. Yeah. I will say it's very satisfying knowing how to do some of that stuff for yourself. Yep. And it's often way better. Like homemade pickles are so good. I know. I love pickles. Well, and that's just it is if you have a community of people that know how to do that, then that might be something that you don't really need to learn. Mm -hmm. Instead, you'll need to learn something that they don't know. Right. So you yep. think about the skills that you can bring to the table in a community that you live in right now. And if you don't have a skill that would be maybe your skills, computer skills, and you know, maybe I can't use computer skills in this situation. Think of other things that maybe you might want to learn that could be beneficial in mm-hmm. this kind of scenario that doesn't have to do with computers. Yeah. There is a lot of knowledge based things like how, like you don't have to know how solar panels work, but knowing how they go together. Yep. knowing how electrical circuits work be, like solar panels aren't as straightforward as people necessarily think they are but they can be but there's a basic knowledge you have to know and if you don't know it you can really fuck some shit up yep sorry dana <laughs> uh but you know having those sorts of like like you don't maybe necessarily have to physically know how to do it but if you understand the mechanics of it that's important you know yep. like how to fix something or be able to direct somebody that does have that mechanical skill to build something or make something yeah. is important. Yeah. And there's a lot of value in that. Being able to track the weather and track the time and and uh, organize people, that's important. Yep. Read a compass. Holy cow. You know, those kind yeah, of things. T- unless the, unless the uh, natural disaster is the North Pole shift. <laughs> which could happen that's a actually that's a that's a thing that i've heard can happen um if you're in washington uh you can get cert training and cert is um community emergency response training mm-hmm. and uh if you're in seattle area um they have some at seattle um seattle pacific college cascadia disaster Corps, uh bainbridge island mercer island vashon island they all have cert programs that you spend a weekend and um, you learn all the stuff about trauma and emergency response so that you can help your neighbors and other people. Um, Yes, it's through FEMA. We are FEMA region 10 here in Washington state, which means if our government decides to put us in concentration, concentration camps, we're going to be in FEMA region 10. (laughs) That old respite is kicking in. Yeah, it is. And so is a slot. Concentration camps. Concentration camps. Uh, What's the zip code in PVD? (laughs) Uh, zero, we're, we're number one, I think, New England, uh, zero two nine oh nine. Uh, Providence, Rhode Island, zero two nine oh nine. Uh, Cranston CERT, North Providence Emergency Management Agency, Providence CERT, Central Falls CERT, Central Falls High School Emergency Response Team. So there's a lot of places that you can get CERT, uh, CERT, and I'll put this in the, um, uh, I'll put this in the show notes as well, where you can get cert if you want to take your kids or if you want to know more, if you got a free weekend and you want to learn about emergency response. Um, even if you don't like the government, wouldn't it be nice to know how they would respond to emergency? It could be information for you as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so everything that we talked about, they'll nice be in plug. some, thank you. Uh, we'll be in show notes tonight <laughs> and, um, yeah, and uh, you can look for it, and I'll I'll try to do the chapters as well. Now, chapters won't come right when the podcast is published um, because that's a lot of work. It already takes me an hour to two hours to um, produce the podcast and publish it, uh, and then it'll take me about another hour to put chapters in. Um, and that all I want to do is I just want to be able to provide more for our listeners. Uh, so if you're like, oh, what was that that Wes was saying about – um, or what John was saying about there'll be a chapter link, hopefully, <clears throat> if I can remember it, um, that you can just click on and it'll go right to that chapter. 
And that way you don't have love, to love it already. Thing. Yeah. So uh, anything else you want to add there, Johnny? We're at a buck six. No, I think that's good. Everybody is a little bit dumber for listening and thank no, you for sticking around. No, no, no. A little no. bit, maybe a little bit smarter or I don't know. Thank you for listening. That's where I should end it. We hope that you're a little bit more prepared here at Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash. Uh, remember, it's uh, North Coast Brewing Company's Old Rasputin if you want a real yummy Russian Imperial Stout. And then all the way from Texas, I love Balcones. I love Crowded Barrel. And uh, Sloppy Poncho is a great weeded whiskey for you. Uh, you can pick it up. They, they will ship to you. Uh, here in Washington, you can go to crowdedbarrel.com. It'll be in the show notes. And as always, we're a value for value podcast, which means that if you found value in anything that we said today and you enjoyed yourself, send us that back with some Satoshis uh, through fountain.fm or get Albie at uh, podverse.fm. Uh, but more than that, John and I want to connect with our listeners. Yeah. So if you just dropped us a line, Balderdash boys at protonmail.com or if you go to our website and go to the comment section you can leave us a comment there as well uh, so there's lots of ways that you can contact us we're on Instagram at beer bourbon and balderdash we're on Twitter beer bourbon and balderdash uh, there's lots of ways that you can contact us tell us what's up tell us that we suck give us some more information uh, just whatever you want to do it's it's fine with us we just want to connect with you the listener we certainly are not afraid of criticism no no so be nice sam yeah <laughs> that's right and uh well from fema region number 10 i'm wes olson i'm john haverson do you know what fema region you're in one maybe we'll have to figure that out fema region new england <laughs> <laughs> what we're gonna win it that's right all right, Johnny. Brady's going to save us. Love you. Love you, too. All right, man. Good night. Good night. I'm not going to do it, by the way. Yeah, you started are. it out with it. No, you're going to do it. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> oh, silliness. <laughs>